Welcome to Herb W. Morgan's Slaying Bulls and Bears, a podcast about economics, markets, investing, politics, and profit. Every Monday, in less than 20 minutes, Wall Street portfolio manager Herb W. Morgan distills the complex and complicated into the simple and sensical. Here's Herb now. Good morning. It's Monday, October 18th, 2021. I'm Herb Morgan, Chief Investment Officer here at Efficient Market Advisors. We are a business of Cantor Fitzgerald Investment Advisors. This is my weekly economic and market commentary. Uh, don't forget, you can follow me on both uh, Twitter and LinkedIn for more frequent economic and market uh, musings. This is also available in all major podcast formats, Apple Spotify, Amazon Prime, Google, etc. The information you're seeing and or hearing is designed for use with both investors and financial advisors, but each are expected to make their own investment decisions. Nothing contained in this podcast or pr- presentation should be treated as investment advice. There are no recommendations for purchasing or selling any securities. We had a nice positive up week in equity markets, as you can obviously see here. Uh, And now on a year-to-date basis, big double digits across the board, even emerging markets back up. They were just flat a couple of weeks ago, now up 11% for the year. Excuse me, that's developed international, up 11% for the year. Emerging markets have gone from a little bit negative to 1% up, bringing the equity, which is our equity benchmark, and it's most equity benchmarks, up to almost 15%. Fixed income, Uh, the ag is down for the week as the yield in the 10-year treasury continues to creep higher. Got through 160 this morning. Quite frankly, I see 175 to 180 in mid-November, around the time the Fed announces the taper. That's the reduction in the purchase of assets. I expect that announcement at their November 14th meeting. So it was still positive in high yield last week, or excuse me, in bonds last week. Uh, as yields did click ever so slightly higher on the 10, and I see that continuing. Moving on, economic data. National Federation of Independent Business Owners are a little bit less optimistic than they were in the prior month. It's continuing to see that decline from that peak sort of during that high growth phase, 2018-2019 Prior to COVID, very, very strong economic outlook, low regulatory burden, or at least perceived low regulatory burden, fell again to 99.1. This is the expectation component is the lowest level in almost nine years. uh, The amount of uncertainty that the respondents displayed is continuing to rise. They they cite labor issues, can't can't get people back to work. Uh, massive job openings for a relatively low number of unemployed uh, people, uh, uncertainty around government policy, rules, regulations, tax policy, which is being debated, all of which is continuing to get the small businesses a little bit less optimistic. One of the biggest things around this supply chain issue is that it's causing inflation, and we got both CPI and PPI last week. The consumer price index, or CPI, rose another four-tenths of a percent in September and is at 5.4 year over year. The core, backing out food and energy, which can be more volatile, 
4.0 year over year. This is well above the 2%. This dashed orange line is not the zero line. The zero line is down here. The dashed orange line is the Fed's target for consumer-based inflation metrics, most notably the core PCE index. But we're at double that. And, you know, the Fed has been saying, and many economists have been saying that this is related to reopening components, pressure on things like airline tickets, hotel rooms, used cars, uh, supply chain, and to a major point, to a certain degree, they're, they're accurate. However, we're now seeing this bleed over the, into other areas of the economy, and more and more economists are getting further concerned that the Fed may be on the verge of a policy mistake. Producer prices also released last week for September, up another five-tenths of a percent, and that's not a typo, 8.6% on a year-over-year -year basis. Uh, taking out food and energy, just looking at the core, 6.8. So what's really interesting here is the reopening components, the pandemic-sensitive prices, airfare, car rental, some leisure and travel, all fell, but that did, that did not bring down the PPI for the month. And now we're at a point where I'm gonna say the Fed needs to act sooner. We've got people like the Bank of England, which are now expected to start raising rates aggressively to ward off inflation. And our Fed is not expecting to raise rates anytime soon. They're actually still very, very loose uh, they're more expected to taper only in November, get that done over the course of eight or nine or 10 months, and then and only then raise rates. But if the CPI data and the PPI data do not turn and soon, I believe the Fed's hand will be forced. It will need to raise interest rates sooner rather than later, and that will slow down economic growth. Import and export prices also a measure of inflation rose again. The import prices up 9.2% year over year, export prices up 16% year over year. Job openings in America fell from a little over 11 million to about 10 and a half million. Despite a weak BLS jobs report last week, we did have a strong ADP jobs report. So I would call the September reports mixed. I wouldn't say they were necessarily all bad, but I would call them mixed. Uh, we still have far more job openings than we have unemployed people. That is driving up wages. You have some states, particularly California, the nation's most populous state, which is repurposing pandemic relief money to expand unemployment benefits, which caused a large surge in unemployment applications over the last month or so. That being said, even with the surge in California, Unemployment claims, initial unemployment claims did, let's hear the drum roll, go below the important 300,000. I've always said low 300,000 is healthy, below 300,000 is getting robust. We have a robust jobs market. It's obvious, 11 million openings. Prior to COVID, we were in the low 200s, a level that I had never seen in my career. So this is good news indeed and continuing claims continue to drop down to 2.5 million. That's all of this, even with uh, the issues in California. On the manufacturing side, we got New York State and Philly surveys. This is New York State, fell from 34.3 to 19.8. 
Line of delineation between expansion and contract contraction is zero. So this is solid demand in the manufacturing space. You've seen my graph that I show you every month that shows the delta between uh, backlogs and orders and inventories. It's as wide as it's ever been. Uh, so we don't expect any slowdown in manufacturing anytime soon, except to the extent that they are dealing with supply chain, raw materials, commodity price input issues. Retail sales gained seven tenths of a percent, backing out autos and gas. There was a 2.1% gain. There was a little bit of movement around a switch away from such some of the reopening as the COVID cases surged and a lot of people stayed home again, et cetera. That seems to be going away uh, at this point. And business inventories, which have been accumulating and accumulating and accumulating, continue to accumulate. That signals confidence. Our really only big concern right now is whether or not we're making a policy mistake at the central bank level in the United States and perhaps in other places too, by being too accommodative for too long. Uh, I think they're smart people trying to do their best. Uh, and um, I think we'll, only time will tell and the history will be written a year or two from now. University of Michigan sentiment about how we all feel about things dropped again, not a lot, but dropped. These numbers are not great for economic growth. And we're seeing a lot of, you know, despite the backlog in manufacturing, uh, despite the great number of job openings, we're seeing a lot of numbers slow down. This is an example of one. It tends to be a leading number. Uh, this is the lowest level since 2011. Why? The price of gasoline, the price of rent, which in the CPI report last week was through the roof. That is not a transitory item. That is not an airline ticket. That is not a used car. The price of rent has gone very high. So owner's equivalent rent, a big component of the CPI is getting up there. That is weighing on consumer sentiment and that will weigh on the ability of consumers to spend on other items. We also began earnings season last week for the third quarter. We've only had 42 companies report. 32 of them beat the sales estimates. That's a pretty good number. 34 beat the earnings estimates and they beat it by an average of 14%. Too early to make any, any you know, conclusions about this earnings season. I think the earnings season is going to be very good. I don't think there's going to be a lot of disappointments, but what I do see is this earnings season will be about fourth quarter guidance. It will be companies commenting on supply chain issues, how bad they are, commodity and input prices, how bad they are, whether or not they can pass them on. And then I do think the other thing that's going to be important in the earnings season is what are these companies going to do with these massive amounts of cash? We have just huge cash hoards at large U.S. companies. They're going to hopefully announce capital expenditure programs. I expect plenty of mergers and acquisitions, dividend increases. This is the season we usually get and see the dividend increases and buybacks. But Congress is talking about ta ta taxing buybacks, which would prevent those returns from shareholders or at least reduce them to a certain degree. So this earnings season, modest beats, all about the guidance, all about the guidance, and we're gonna to continue to watch that as it unfolds here in the coming weeks. This week, plenty of data from uh, NAH, NAHB Housing Sentiment Industrial Production today, uh, which disappointed, by the way, it's already out. It was a negative number. 
Housing starts and building permits on Tuesday. Expect those to be good. Beige Book on Wednesday, regular weekly claims. Philly Fed, in addition to the New York we got last week. Home sales and uh, flash PMIs, not final, flash PMIs on manufacturing and services from Marquette. I don't see anything particularly major or market moving this week. Okay, folks, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, you can get me on the road, run your podcast if you don't have a screen in front of you to see the slides. But uh, we'll be back to you again next week. Thank you for listening to Slaying Bulls and Bears. If you'd like to download the slides for this week's podcast, go to www.efficient-portfolios.com and join our mailing list. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, rate us online, and share with a friend if you found this helpful. See you next week.